Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Ube Dockhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this would be for you. So good? Okay, here we go. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Chuck Garcia. How are you doing, Chuck? And where are you hanging out right now? I am very well, Uwe. Thank you very much for having me. And I live and work in a little place called New York City, New York. Oh, it's a very little place. <laughs> I am very proud. I am a native New Yorker and I have lived here all my life and used it as a hub to travel the world. Oh, excellent. Chuck is the founder of Climb Leadership International and coaches executives on public speaking, emotional intelligence, and executive presence. He's a professional speaker, Amazon best-selling author, and talk radio host of A Climb to the Top. Stories of Transformation. He teaches leadership development at Columbia University's Graduate School of Engineering and is a passionate and accomplished mountaineer. So I think your mission to transform emerging influencers into astonishing leaders through the power of communication and emotional intelligence is remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Chuck. Oh, I'm grateful to be here and wonderful to collaborate with you, Uwe. Oh, yeah. It's a pleasure. So um, my first question to you is, who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? Yeah. The ideal client, given my Wall Street pedigree, because I grew up in the Wall Street world, I coach many institutions, not just Wall Street companies, but many in the Fortune 500. But my ideal client is one that I relate to in financial services that has a need for leadership's leadership in whoever that may be, to be able to communicate in powerful and compelling ways, which means all of them. And their biggest challenge, Uwe, is the majority of the people that I coach have one thing in common. They have been promoted on the strength of their technical competence into a leadership position that they are unprepared and ill-equipped to serve. This is where the world of professional development comes in because my mission is to help them bridge that gap between the strength they showed and their technical competence that led them up the, the career mountain to take a massive shift and then learn how to communicate, learn how to stay calm under the weight of enormous expectations, and learn how to resolve conflicts effectively and with respect. Well, I loved, uh, as I told you earlier before we started, um, I love this approach of bringing emotional intelligence uh, together with uh, leadership issues and communication in their case. And so I think it's it's much needed. So can you elaborate, uh, elaborate a little bit around um, the combination of the two and why it's so important? Yeah, it's interesting how where I had great success was as a public spokesman for an organization called Bloomberg. And for our listeners, particularly outside of the United States, Mike Bloomberg is a multi-billionaire, has a massive company, and I was his 190th employee. He was also the mayor of New York for three terms and ran for president of the United States. 
But under his tutelage, my job was to go out into the world and speak on stage. And I did in probably 50 countries, including Germany many times. I loved Frankfurt, but all over the world to spread the mission. When I decided to coach and to form my own professional leadership company, what I found is when I was helping people to do what they hired me, and many of them hired me based on what they had seen me do this, so they knew that I was capable of doing it well, and they wanted me to teach them my own methods, which I do. But here was the interesting part. As I started in my business, what I found, I'm not just teaching them to speak with power precision with diction. What I'm actually helping them to do is the removal of the fears that get in their way every time they face off to the public. Because many people will admit, leaders especially, they've been in meetings all their lives and careers. They're pretty good at that. But put them in front of hundreds of strangers and ask them to communicate a message in 15 minutes that is powerful, that is compelling, and that will be either good or fatal to their careers, depending on how they do, because they're in a much more visible place. What I found is when I started blending in the tactics and the principles of emotional intelligence, which is helping them to understand themselves, it's generating a greater self-awareness, also understanding empathy. Who am I trying to connect with and why? Why does that audience matter? And most important, how do I help them stay calm under the weight of enormous expectations? Because brilliant people with the right pedigrees, MBA from the perfect schools, that does not necessarily translate to grace under fire, staying calm with a temperament that allows them to control the narrative as opposed to the audience controlling their temper. And so the juxtaposition of EQ with public speaking techniques became my brand, not because I'm a genius. I just figured out how I can best serve my clients is helping them first come to terms with who they are, how they feel about themselves, and how they can connect empathetically to an audience. And that's emotional intelligence in action. I always, I already feel at home. Thank you for sharing this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, it's it, it's so important uh, what you just said. So it's the, um, you know, um, the the notion. So I always tell my clients when we get, uh, you know, to transformational topics. Of course, it's uh, if you're not able to feel, you won't be able to perceive in a deeper level. And uh, I think you're addressing these issues and getting to the core of the issue. So speaking of uh, fear, uh, is that something that, uh, you know, yeah, commonly will be kind of like overlooked or what other common mistakes are there when trying to solve that kind of problem? From, uh, from the client's perspective. Yeah, and from the client's perspective for context, when you live in the Wall Street world, everything is subject to a metric. Everything is measurable, especially when it comes to the world of money. Very easy thing to measure. When we speak about technical competence and we speak about the hard skills, it's also, I don't want to say it's easy to measure, but there are, it is measurable. You know if you're a good engineer and you build a bridge. You know if you're a good chief financial officer, if all the reports are perfectly right and nobody ever questions your integrity. That's great. But when it comes to these soft skills that I teach, 
much more difficult to measure. In fact, when I train someone or even myself, when I step on a stage and I give a speech, there's no metric or a number you can associate to, which means it's not as objective as people would like it to be. So when I teach, particularly in the financial world, three things have to happen. Evidence, evidence that you need to do this well or, or you can, you're capable of doing it. Relevance, why is it important that you do this? And then the third part is the consequence. What is the consequence of actually doing a bad job? You can ruin your reputation. What is the consequence of doing an extraordinary job in a realm where you may not have been comfortable, but our training is to get you there? Even though the audience may not be able to put a number to that performance, what we care, and you alluded to it before, it's about what they perceive. And when people perceive someone who is powerful, and in the United States, we look at Martin Luther King, Barack Obama was a master of it, a lot of great, or even Ronald Reagan. It's difficult for us to give it a scale, but it's easy for us to agree how they made us feel. They moved us, particularly Martin Luther King in his evangelist way, to a cause, in his case, the cause of civil rights. To Ronald Reagan, it was democracy. But when we consider their public speaking acumen, what did they do exceedingly well? They made us feel. And if, if we can't put a metric to that, so be it. I, I, I accept it. In fact, I hope we never do. Because I'm not sure the human condition for how we feel in our heart, our minds, we measure EQ, we measure exams, but our heart, how do you measure love? Do you love your wife? Sure. How do you know that? I, I don't know. I, it, it's, a, it's a lot of that. There's, there's no hidden calculator in our heart. Right? <laughs> right. Exactly right. You're not taking a something out of your pocket in a pencil. Oh, let me do the math on so this. Let me just do the math on Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so actually, for my own methods out of my book called The Climb to the Top, the framework is called The Ten Commandments of Great Communicators. I knew when I wrote the book, I was cataloging or codifying many of the tactics and techniques that I used for myself. And one of them I just did. It's called The Power of the pause. It allows the listener to catch up as exactly what you do did when we started the show. You clapped your hands. That's my first cue. You counted to five. You gave me time to set, to absorb, to understand, and to feel where I am in time and space. Perfect tactic. You are a textbook reader of a climb to the top. That's difficult to measure. In fact, the only measurement we had in here, you said, Chuck, I'm going to give you five seconds. Beautiful. Set expectations set. At the end of five seconds, we began our show. And I think when we work with the leaders that we're helping them to serve their mission, when we're helping them to feel first and to think second, that's contrary to the educational model. Education rewarded you for what you knew, penalized you for what you didn't, and didn't give a damn how you felt. Well, when you're in those high leadership positions, we're beyond asking, are you a good engineer? Are you a good banker? That, that's done. It's gone. But can you move me? Do you want me to buy your shares? Those decisions are triggered much more by emotion than they are by logic. And that is the 
the summation of what I do. No, it's it's fast, absolutely fascinating, and I think we can just talk hours and hours. So I just want to mention that you know I always tell my clients, you know, when it's around coming back to the transformational uh, theme we're we're having, uh, is like you can't think yourself through to transform your life. I you agree. have to feel it. <laughs> so I, you are singing my song. This is about how you feel about yourself, how you feel about the world. There's no exam you're going to take that's going to get you to transform much of anything. Exams are very good for licensing, to establish bona fides, your credentials, all good. And I, I don't dismiss the importance of them. But at this point in our lives and the leadership development and in the mountains that we climb, I've climbed mountains all over the world. I've climbed in Switzerland, not in Germany, but I know there are lovely mountains there. I remember how I felt when I hit those mountain peaks in Zermatt, Switzerland, as I'm climbing the Matterhorn. You can't replicate that. It, it, it's hard to make somebody feel when you stand on the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro and you just wrap your arms around these glaciers that you're looking at that are these freaks of nature. And you're looking at a team when we uh, stood on the summit of Kilimanjaro, an Australian team preceded us. A Pakistani team was right behind us. You heard right at that, you heard Accents. You heard English spoken in different accents, in different tones. There was joy. There was elation. Measure that? Why would we? When my client delivers a phenomenal speech, that's their summit. They tell me how they feel, and they go home and they tell their spouses how they feel. That is the dinner table discussion, not did I make six widgets? Did I exceed sales by 6%? Wow, I got in front of that audience and they landed, connected. That's, those are the moments we live for, Uwe. <laughs> You're so right. And we're already getting into goosebumps territory, so don't <laughs> spoil it already. <laughs> Appreciate that. Wonderful. So before I ask Chuck, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something here to our audience. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Chuck, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with these kind of issues? I would recommend to everyone in our audience just to give thought to one thing and then I will recommend the action. When you think about your career, your life, it's often driven by what you know when you make the decisions based on this thing that we call knowledge. I'm going to ask you to think differently about that and to think about, and Aristotle said it best, that really the best of knowledge begins with self-wisdom. That is the most powerful thing. However, I, 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 after years of doing this, we don't know ourselves. We think we do. But we unfortunately are victims of our biases and blind spots, and we don't know ourselves as well as we'd like to think we do. I would like to recommend a book by a gentleman named Rolf Dobelli. He was in Switzerland, and he wrote a book called The Art of the Good Life. And he lives, I think, in Basel or one of the big Swiss cities. And he wrote this book, which is an integration of three things, of psychology, of stoicism based on the principles of Marcus Aurelius and of value investing, which is my hero, Warren Buffett. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't that about how Warren Buffett picks stocks. It's how he views the world and how he behaves. And it's based on the definition where Warren Buffett says, 
Intellect is important, but to an investor, temperament is more important than intellect. So this wonderful book, and while I love, I hope everyone reads A Climb to the Top, for this discussion, Ralph Dobelli, if you're out there, we've never met, but I bought his book at the Hong Kong airport in 2018. I just needed a book to, to, to read coming home from a trip, and it was on a shelf, and it was a gift from God. I, I don't know any other way to say it. It helped me as I was considering how am I going to become a better teacher to my students and coaches. And I'd like to recommend that to our listeners for purposes of getting to understand ourselves. It kicks off a lot of reflection, but it requires a commitment to know yourself. And whether you think you do or don't, all good. This can only help improve how you see yourself so that every day you wake up and you head out into that universe, you will see the world differently. And when you see the world differently, the world sees you differently. And I think that's the best thing we can do in the service of each other's development. So already making some notes here. So (laughs) (laughs) it's a good thing that this is recorded. (laughs) Very resourceful, very resourceful. Thank you for sharing this amazing uh, insights and resource. Of course, I will put the link in the short description, but I also want to give you the opportunity to share uh, your platform where uh, folks can find you. And if you have a valuable free resource also for our uh, audience, uh, please feel free to share. Of course I do. Well, thank you for that opportunity, Uwe, and to our listeners or viewers, however they are coming in on this. My name is Chuck Garcia, and if you can remember that and spell it, you can go to chuckgarcia.com, and that's my website. And if you go into my website, I have several things for your perusal. One of them is to help you understand the importance of the integration of emotional intelligence and public speaking. But also, I have a book called The Climb to the Top that I so proudly wrote many years ago. And to my children, when my children read it, they say, hey, dad, this is your greatest hits. We grew up listening to the tactics that you taught us as children. And now they're all out in the world. And when you hear my kids, you will probably say he's con- they're connected to that guy because they, 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 they model. They've heard me speak for years. But I would like to offer to your listeners, if you would like a copy of my book, either in PDF or in audio. I've got I've got it in every which way. Please hit the contact button and reach out to me, and I will reply in the email with a copy of either the PDF or the audio book or both. And the reason I'm doing that, I want to bring the improvement and the introspection necessary to help people develop superior communication skills and emotional intelligence. But my caveat, this is not something to read to turn a switch on and off when you go to work. This is life. You can use this to speak to your spouse, to your children, to your boss, to your shareholders. I wrote the book to become a model for how we collaborate and connect irrespective of the environment. Wow. I'm speechless. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. I could listen to you all day long. <laughs> I pre- well, I just hope we can help your listeners. And I'm so grateful to be here and uh, happy to help. Especially, it's great you're in Germany. I'm in the States. It's always lovely to, to collaborate across cultures and different countries and two continents. And we need good news in the world. 
So true. <laughs> Can I say better? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Chuck, what's the one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience? Not that you haven't delivered yet, but... <laughs> no, no question. I, I, I think the one question is, how do we help people to exceed their own expectations? And I'm a fan of Nelson Mandela, and I've read, he and Winston Churchill, there isn't anything that has been written about either one of those gentlemen that I haven't read. And what I loved about Mandela is when he became the president of the modern South Africa in the early 1990s, he didn't talk policy. He didn't talk procedures. He talked about how do we help our citizens to exceed their own expectations. But he spoke a little bit more when you dove into that statement. What he talked about is many face or have challenges overcoming their fears. And what I hope, based upon my question about expectations, many people don't live up to them, not because they're not capable, because they're too afraid to try and fail. And I, I live in a world there is no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. And every effort you make to try to improve yourself, there can be no failure. In fact, to me, the only failing is not trying. So... Try to overcome all of the social judgment. Stop reading social media. Stop trying. I hope I can inspire you to not compare yourself to anyone because you're unique. You're the only, you've been invented. Everyone else, why copy them? So think about as you develop in your life, the most important thing is the removal of the barriers. And the way to remove the barriers is to think differently about how you approach them and to never fear them, but to lean in and embrace them. Yeah, yeah, very powerful. Yeah, thank, um, you. thank you, Chuck. So this brings me to my final question. It's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? I come from a long line of college professors. My father and mother immigrated to the United States a year before I was born from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. My father was a professor of linguistics at the United States Military Academy in West Point, New York, which is where they train future army officers. My mother was a concert pianist. I grew up to the sounds of Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, Chopin. I was just very blessed to grow up in there. My father was the best teacher. No, I'm not knocking my mom. My mom was a very good teacher, but my father was the best teacher I ever had, bar none. I've never known anyone who brought his subject matter to life better than my dad. And my dad grew up in Brazil of a German father and a British mother. So we grew up with several languages and he was one of those, probably like you, where he could just flip from one language to the other without even blinking. And I grew up with my dad who brought language to life. And when Columbia University hired me to start a program called Professional Development and Leadership in the Graduate School of Engineering, they said, and they wanted me as the practitioner to teach the engineers public speaking and emotional intelligence, but it was, we, we had ambitions for a bigger program. And they asked, who else would, what other domain experts do you have in your world that could join this program? And my big brother named Fred is a communications rock star. You could listen to him all day, and maybe it's in our DNA, but he's what's called a crisis manager. He helps companies manage and navigate their way through crises using the power of communication. 
I immediately thought about my brother and I said to Columbia, my brother is my first choice. He's not only my brother I look up to, and I'm not saying this just because he's my family. I'm saying this because he's the right guy. Fred and I are on faculty at Columbia. Let me put on the sidebar, when I was 24 years old, so 40-some years ago, my father died. We lost our father to cancer. And Fred and I, a couple of years ago, had the opportunity to co-teach a class. So he and I were in front of 300 of our brilliant Columbia students. And as Fred was speaking and I stood on the sideline before I had my part to teach, all I could think about, if I could bring my mom and dad back for one day to see their two kids teaching in this wonderful Ivy League institution called Columbia University, I don't know any other way to serve this wonderful parents that I had other than let them know how proud, not, not that they were of us, how proud we are of them, that they led us to this place. It's because of them and their love and their guidance and the lessons learned and the paths that we followed from mom and dad teaching us language and music. How blessed were we? So when my brother was, was teaching, I almost had tears in my eyes, and I said to him, and I gave him a big hug, and I said to him, if I could bring mom and dad back for one moment, there's a lot of moments because I have wonderful children, and my parents, my, grand, my father never met my kids. He died before my kids were born. That brought me goosebumps, Uwe, just, just my brother and I at that time time and place, knowing that my mom and dad in heaven never saw us, but in a way they were with us in spirit. And I can't think of any higher, higher calling that my parents did in the service of their own children's success. I don't know about you, uh, dear listeners, but I'm bathing in uh, goosebumps right now. And I enjoyed this wonderful goosebumps moment that you just shared with us, uh, Chuck, uh, so much. Um, thank you. Appreciate it very much. And thank, thank you so also pleasure. for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. I am grateful, Uwe, to have finally met you, to have collaborated with you. Let's just say anything, whatever you're doing, anything you can bring me along <laughs> where we can collaborate count me in. Uh, same here. If, if I would love to include you, do you come to the States much? Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you well, so much. Let, let's, let's, let's not make this a goodbye. This is uh, another day at the office for you and me. Let's keep this communication frequency alive as we see areas of mutual opportunity where we can serve our listeners and our clients I, I can't think of a better outcome from this show. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. And yes, we should just continue <laughs> Done. <our conversation. laughs> Done <deal>. Right. <laughs> Wonderful. So thank you all for listening. And as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast. Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.